Hi, this is Amber, and you're listening to Amber on Podcast. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to episode number five of Amber on Podcast. Thank you so, so much for tuning in with me here again today. Today, we're going to be discussing Susan David, Dr. Susan David. She is on the faculty at Harvard Medical School. She is a renowned coach, leader, speaker, author of the book Emotional Agility, TED speaker, and I would say one of the best TED Talks of all time is by Miss Mrs. Miss, I'm not sure, Dr. Susan David. It's really, really inspiring. I suggest checking it out on TED.com. I will link it in the show notes. But how I first heard about Susan is through James Altucher and his podcast, who I love, as many of you know, and who I recently saw in New York. I met him in New York for the very first time last week because I ran, I won a contest. And this contest um, I entered was to go attend a, a podcast taping with Mr. James Altucher to have dinner with him and spend some time in New York. And I won by submitting my video. Um, and in the video, you had to say what your favorite lesson was from the James Altucher show, which I have a mini. I have binders, literal binders full of notes that I've gotten from the James Altucher show, uh, some of which I have sh- shared with you guys here on my podcast, but many of which I have not. He is so inspiring uh, just because I haven't gotten to them yet. But you will continue to hear more about James. And now we're besties. Um, I met him in New York, and he was everything that I dreamed of of him being, as well as the team that he surrounded himself with was also really, really inspiring. You know, when you really do choose yourself and you are committed to leading a life full of happiness and joy and committing to yourself to be the best you, it's really really, really amazing the life that you can create for yourself and the happiness that you feel day in and day out because you are choosing you and every single decision that you make. Um, That's very, very evident when you hang out with somebody like James Altucher because everybody that he surrounds himself with, they're so inspiring and so awesome. And I I felt so welcome and so like I found my tribe, you know, it was a really, really inspiring and great experience. So all that to say, definitely, definitely enter a contest to go meet your favorite person. I know Anna Ferris is having a great podcast contest right now as well, Um, but so worth it. You know, social media is a beautiful thing in that we can share videos and reach out to the people that we we like and we admire so much and the people that inspire us. I often I often do a lot of this on Twitter, actually, because I find that people that I'm trying to reach out with are a lot more easy to access and a lot more open to conversation on Twitter than they are in any other social app. I've gotten really, really great feedback. And uh, shout out to Charlemagne the God and uh, Chris Boyd. And thank you, James Altucher. And Susan David, who actually reached out to me on Twitter and LinkedIn because she's the shit. So let's get started. And I can share with you all the gems that Susan shared with me. Now, if you're looking for answers for reasons why your life is going a certain way, why you're feeling a certain way, why others are treating you a certain way, or maybe you're not getting the reaction that you're searching for, the likelihood that this episode is for you is 100%. I repeat, 100%. This subject matter is rarely discussed and even more rarely understood. And I say that for myself primarily and for others as well. The episode that I listened to of of James Altucher when he interviewed Susan David for her book, Emotional Agility. The title, the title of the episode is What to Do When You're Deeply Stuck in Your Job and Asking 
how did I get here? How did I get into this position where I don't like the work that I'm performing and I don't like going to work every day and surrounding myself with these people or these projects? What do I do about it and why is this my life? I have encountered many, many people in my 34 years that are asking these same questions, whether it be about work or about the relationship, or about the city that they live in, the lifestyle that they lead, the people they surround themselves with, their their day-to-day, how they live their life. They're stuck. They're wondering why they got here and why they're getting the response that they're getting. I bring up the title of the podcast with James Altucher because it is different than the title of the TED Talk that Dr. Susan David gave. And the title of the TED Talk is The Gift and Power of Emotional Courage. I, I prefer this one. <laughs> That's because I'm forever an optimist and I like being that have, uh, you know, not problem-solving titles, but more solution-solving or solution-presenting titles that offer a gift, a strength, courage. That's what really entices me to watch a TED Talk or to read an article or anything like that. James Aldicher, notwithstanding, because I'll pretty much read anything or, or listen to anything that he puts out. Now, please note also that the subject matter that I'm going to discuss here is based completely on Dr. Susan David. Now, she happens to have been on one of my favorite podcasts on the James Aldisher Show, um, episode number 203, but she also happens to have a TED Talk that was recently published on TED.com that she gave in November of 2017 at the Women's TED Talk, TED Talk conference or TED conference, I think. I'm going to have to get that down because I certainly want to speak at one one of these days. So if I want to manifest it for my future, I'm going to need to know what to call it. That will be homework for me. But why I bring that up is because you can both listen to this podcast, the James Altucher podcast, if you're interested. Of course, listen to my podcast, but you can also watch her TED talk. You can read her book, all of which are saying, um, sharing the same information. I so happen to like the TED talk, most of all, to be honest, because, you know, you get a visual of what Susan, uh, Dr. Susan David is explaining. And she is a really, really great speaker. And she has a uh, South African, New Zealand sort of accent, which if you're into that sort of thing, I like I am, you find it to be quite attractive and quite um, appealing to your ears. Here we go. Let's get started on how to manage and handle and get gifts and power from our emotional courage. Number one is to show up for yourself, to understand exactly what you're feeling, give it a name and figure out exactly why and more importantly what you're feeling in that moment it sounds very very silly and almost too simplistic but I have to say that I I didn't do this for most of my life and Susan David explains in the TED Talk and her TED Talk and on the podcast that most people have a, a pretty hard time with this that a lot of people you know we, we say that we're stressed we say that we have anxiety but all of these are sort of brushstroke terms that are, are painted over what's what's really going on for us so if you're saying something like for example for me I might be stressed with money I might be stressed with not making a deadline I might be stressed well let's take that one I might be stressed with not making a deadline now why am I stressed with not making the deadline the deadline is important to me. That that's value there's value in this deadline that I have either created or I have imposed on myself. And when I don't feel like I am living up to the value that I've set forth by creating this deadline, I feel less than. I feel like I'm not living up to my true potential because I can't meet this simple deadline. And I say that I'm stressed. When 
I'm not actually stressed. I'm disappointed would be a better word. I'm disappointed that I can't live up to this deadline. So and in order for me to get past this, work through it and live up to the deadline that and, and meet the deadline that I, I want to meet, I have to start to construct certain habits that can guarantee me to achieve this so I won't feel stressed. Like the thing is happening to me versus I am happening to the thing. I am affecting the deadline. I am creating this life and I am creating meeting this deadline. Now, the the real work comes in when you start to not only identify that you're feeling stressed or anxiety, but you're starting to see how that's manifesting in your life. Now, if I'm stressed or if I'm feeling anxious about this deadline, I'm not the only person who's going to suffer the consequences of my emotional state. People around me and those closest to me are also going to experience the results of my emotional state. And for me, I can be short with friends. I have a boyfriend. I can be, I will build, I inevitably will be short with him. If, you know, you're in a relationship, a lot of us tend to take it out on the ones that are closest to us, unfortunately. That's not something that I'm proud of. That's something I would like to work against. That's something that I would like to relieve myself and him of. And the way that I've found that I can do that better is to do what Dr. Susan David says is to helicopter above the emotion. You know, your emotion doesn't define who you are. If you say I'm stressed, you're you're not stressed, you're feeling stressed. The stress isn't defining who you are as a person. That's just the feeling that you have in that moment. And why do you have this feeling? Oh, because I want to meet a deadline for something because it's important to me about the the message that I share with people and I want to make sure that they can know that they're depend that I'm dependable and they can rely on me to come back and to and to and to get the information or the project or whatever it may be based on the deadline we have set forth. I want to be reliable I want to be consistent and not just in my work, but everywhere. When I am able to sort of stand over this feeling and look at how I'm behaving, being short with, you know, people in the grocery store, I'm driving fast, I'm cutting someone off and and not really caring because, you know, I've got somewhere to be. I've got a deadline to meet. I am able to use the tools that Susan David presents. And what it is, is that you 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 have to ask yourself some questions, some key, key questions, first of which being, who do I want to be here? You know, who do I want to be? What value do I want to bring to this situation? To this, What value do I want to bring to the table? You know, if you're reacting only in your stress, then, then it's quite possible that you're not bringing the value that you intend to bring. You're not being the person that you want to be because you're, you're defining yourself by the stress that you're feeling instead of asking yourself a very simple question. That question is, how do I want to be living my life? Am I? Do I want to be living my life in a way where I am going to react negatively to those around me because I'm stressed that I'm not making a deadline? Am I going to use that in a different way so that I can actually make, make progress and move forward and show my other values to those around me? I don't just value this deadline. I value my relationships. I value my boyfriend. I value my family. I value strangers. I value myself. And because I value all of those things, I, I want to be the best person, the best me that I can be in every situation. I don't want to be, you know, dragged around by my emotions and start acting like a crazy person because I'm stressed or because I got my feelings hurt or, you know, whatever it may be. And all of a sudden I become someone I don't want to be. I'm slamming doors. I'm raising my voice. I'm walking out on conversations. I personally want to be able to be in touch with my values and my truest self at all times. But this is quite challenging because first you have to show up to yourself figure out exactly what it is you're feeling and why it is that you are feeling that way. It's the only way you can show up for other people if you are indeed showing up for yourself. Our desire to be seen is so fundamental to our well-being. Maybe you've you've been in a situation where you've 
have a friend or a partner and they notice certain behavior and, and they read it on you and they say, oh, you must be you must be worried about that deadline. You're you're deep in thought or I, I notice that you're, you know, you're kind of changing your what you're working on every every two minutes. You're not able to focus. Uh, you must be worried about that job that you applied for. Other people that can kind of point out those things in ourselves. Now, if you're like me, you deny them immediately. No, no, I'm not stressed about that. No, no, I've got it under control. No, 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 no. I'm talking about something else. Like, why are you calling me out on this? But if I'm really being honest with myself, I'm able to go there with them, say, maybe there's some validity to this. Maybe you're right. Maybe I am stressed. Honestly, that's how I've gotten to understand a lot of my emotions is somebody pointing them out in me and acknowledging, hey, you must be feeling this. It just so happens to be my amazing boyfriend who who calls those things out in me now. And honestly, it's a really uh, fairly new experience to me. I'm, uh, for me, I've never known anyone to call things out like that in me and, and notice where it's coming from. So that's been a huge lesson in me figuring out exactly what it is that I'm feeling because somebody else has already sort of given me a little intro. They've given me a little nickname for it or introduced me to something that I might not have otherwise seen. That's the beauty of somebody who cares about you and is, is, is looking out for you. Parents are also really, really great at this. So the main problem is, is that we live our lives in our heads. We use blanket terms like I'm stressed or I'm anxious, and we don't really name or identify what it is within us that is making us feel a certain way. We sort of just bury it. And when I say we, I certainly mean me because I bury, 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 bury and put a, a smile on my face and just continue on and look the part. And I always think I'll just, you know, eventually I'll get over it. I'll deal with it later. But as many of you already know, that never happens that way. Now, if you've ever been through something really horrible in your life, something really tragic, you know this firsthand. Maybe you're going through a bad breakup or a job loss or you have a parent who's addicted to heroin. Whatever the case may be, you live with that in your mind. And maybe you're lucky and you have some friends reach out to you and ask how things are going. And that happens for, you know, quite some time. But after some time, people aren't going to be reaching out and asking about how you're feeling about your job loss or your ex-boyfriend or your drug-addicted mother for many reasons. A, it's not fun to talk about. It's uncomfortable to talk about. Maybe people can't relate. Maybe it brings up something for them that they don't want to resurface, something that they don't want to feel again by going through and discussing what your circumstances are and what you're dealing with and how you're dealing with it. Our need to be seen is so fundamental in these ways in order to experience grief, to experience loss and experience trauma. There's a story that Susan David tells, Dr. Susan David, about Primo Levi, who was in a concentration camp. And when he returned to his city along with the other survivors of the concentration camp, all emaciated and hollow, they asked him, what happened to you? What happened to what happened? How did you survive? How did you? And he starts to tell his story. And as he tells it, they turn around and they start to walk away. And he says that in many, many ways, this was even worse than what he experienced at the concentration camp because our need to be seen and our need to be understood, our desire to be seen is so, so fundamental for someone to see your emotions and see what you're going through and understand and care and be there. Now, 
Upside. <laughs> the upside is that if you write, if you write down what it is that you feel, how you feel, when you're, especially when you're going through something hard, you will start to get better. You'll start to understand exactly what you're feeling. It's proven. People who write for 20 minutes a day for three days have better well-being. They are thriving months later than those who do not. They've done studies on this. Susan David has done studies on this. Now, what does it mean to write? Well, for me, I was introduced to journaling and writing when I was very, very young. I talked a whole lot and I asked a whole lot more questions. So my grandmother, my nana, she decided that it would be a good idea for me to write all this down in a diary. And that's genius because that's exactly what I did. When I go back and read this diary now, it's full of the boys that I love and my mom's rules that I hate and I can't believe this and I can't believe that. And I'm definitely going there to vent, to explain how I'm feeling to myself. Now, as a child, I didn't really understand it as well as I understood as an adult. As an adult, when I went through difficult times in life, like a breakup or a job loss or a drug addicted mother, all of which I have been through, I went to write and wrote down how I was feeling and began then to understand exactly how my emotions were manifesting themselves. After I wrote and felt like I got it out, I was a little better to go live the rest of my life. It's like it had a place there in my journal or, or even on a scrap of paper. And lucky me, now it happens a little bit more automatic. You know, if I have a fight with my boyfriend or if I am dealing with, you know, a, a hard thing, if I'm not able to pay my, my rent or I'm, I'm worried about some other payment or I'm worried about, you know, a, a negotiation with a, with a business partner or with a company or I'm worried about a friend, anything that's really consuming my mind and not letting me focus on the work and the joy that I want to bring to the world, anything that's keeping me from that, I know it's time to, to write down maybe just a, a few sentences. It's, it's certainly become my crutch. I recommend it to anyone. And, and, you know, a lot of times it's been recommended to me because I've forgotten in the trauma that I was dealing with. I know when I left an ex-boyfriend, I was really, really distraught and completely forgot about the importance of writing down how I felt. And a, a good friend of mine, a good friend of mine reminded me to do so. And once I started that, I, I began to heal. But, you know, oftentimes that's what we need is, is a reminder that how to deal with our emotions. It's not so easy to just make a change and continue that throughout the life. You can't just listen to one podcast or one TED talk or what, read one book that's going to make a lifelong change for you and change the way that you deal and the way that you practice and the way that you engage. We have to have constant reminders reminders of these things to make sure that we're, we're, we're doing the right things. Now, what happens when you do not do this? When, as I mentioned before, you live your life in your head and you're just dealing with whatever you're dealing with and letting your emotions drive you. What happens? Well, Susan, Dr. Susan David says that it, it undermines our capacity to be resilient and to access and navigate the full range of emotions of life. If you're sad, say that you're sad. Why that you're why are you sad? If you're stressed, why are you stressed? What's adding to this stress? What are you worried about? What are what is this stress doing to your life values that's causing you so much hurt and pain? Now, if you decide, like I have done many times, to have this pain of let's say, you know, dealing with a breakup and you just want to go about your day and just start living your life. I 100% did this. I'm like, let me get a job. I'll focus everything there. I will just do this and this will go away. You are robbing yourself. You're robbing yourself of feeling the range of the full range of emotions of life. Let me give you a better example from Dr. Susan David. She says that she has a friend, had a friend who died of breast cancer and her friend said to her, you know, 
if positivity and being happy were the cure for life, then all of my dead friends that I've gone through breast cancer treatment with who in my support group would all be alive. They were the happiest, most positive people I've ever met in my life. But it's not about that. When you're in a situation where death is literally staring you in the face, you don't want to be happy and say, oh, I'm so positive in that moment. No, the reality is you are going to die. The reality is what you want to say in that moment is I love you. I love my family. I want to be, I want to show you how much I cherish and care about you. That's what you want to say in the moment. We have to allow ourselves to truly live in the moment as it is, in life's moment as it is, not how we want it to be. So much of the stress and the anxiety that people experience in life is because they are not living in the moment. They are too concerned about the life that they want, the way they wish it were. And Susan David says something so, so beautiful in that we, we can't be so attached to anything in life. It, the beauty of life is inseparable from its fragility. You have a great job until you don't. You're healthy until you're not. We have to work to train our minds to be emotional, emotionally agile when these types of situations occur so that we can read the emotions that we have, that we're feeling, as data and not directions. If you're feeling stressed, you don't need to go behave in a stressful manner. You need to go act crazy. You need to take that information in, hover above it, and look and say, why am I feeling stressed? What value is at stake here that is making me stressed or unhappy or angry or sad or mad? Who is in charge here? Is it the thinker or the thought? Is the anger in charge of you or are you in charge of the anger? That's why the the, vo the vocabulary that you use in order to share with yourself what you're feeling and has to say, you have to say, don't say I'm stressed. You say, I notice I'm feeling stressed. I notice I'm feeling angry. Now, this was a game changer for me because, holy shit, I had no idea where these emotions were coming from. I was definitely reacting to everything that was coming my way and getting pissed off about it. And not understanding it because it would consider, continue to happen. You know, I'm such a, a pattern recognizer. I like to establish patterns. I like to know what's coming next. I think, you know, there are several things in life that are, are quite predictable, predictable so that I try to use this to my advantage. And I've even gone so far as to track the moon to, to figure out why my mood is shifting so much. Does it have something to do with the moon? No, no, not so much the moon. As much as it is that I'm ignoring the emotions that I'm feeling, that I'm letting them run me and rule me versus understanding exactly where they're coming from. It doesn't get easier. You know, you, you start to experience life and you have bigger problems and smaller problems and then really big problems. And if you don't practice this agility, then when life, the fragility of life, when it starts to break apart and you're not ready, you don't know where this is coming from or, or what you truly value, it can be quite disorienting. And I, I, I've never felt so confused and sad before. I never felt so confused and sad as when I had several things pile up on me and I was feeling a range of emotions, but I couldn't quite understand what values I had underneath these emotions that were making me react so. Feeling stressed, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling mad. Those emotions just started to rule me. The most helpful piece of advice that I got from Susan David on James Altucher's podcast and also from her TED Talk is that your emotions are giving you data about your values. So if you establish what it is that you value in life, whether that be being a good parent, being a present parent, being a good partner, being a good boss or manager, being a good 
person, to help the world and help society. If you take the time to figure out what your values are, then it's much easier to understand the emotions that you're experiencing because you're only going to be emotional emotional about things that you value. So the example that, that Susan David gives, it, it gives is if you're in a, a work meeting and you're being undermined in the work meeting and so instead you just shut down and you don't have your emotions and you just shut down and you quit participating in general. You're not allowing yourself to have those emotions. You're just choosing to shut down or in Instead, you say, why am I getting upset by being undermined in the meeting? Why am I shutting down? I see myself shutting down. I see that I'm all of a sudden being quiet. I don't want to be that, but I got undermined in this meeting, and now I feel I have to do that. That is not the way. The better way is to hover above that feeling, see yourself from the outside, see yourself shutting down, and say, why am I shutting down in this way? Well, there's something of value at stake. Maybe it's important to you to make a contribution in the jo- in the work that you're doing. Maybe it's important for you to be heard and to be seen in a place where you're spending 40 plus hours a week with people that you're spending all of your time with. Maybe the value in your life is being hindered by this experience that you're having and you're choosing to sacrifice that value by just shutting down, by not showing up for yourself. You have to show up for yourself. You have to be able to identify those things and then you can show up for other people and identify them in them and be able to get to the point where you're asking questions like, how do you feel about this? How are you feeling about this? I notice you're feeling this. I notice you seem a little stressed. I know you seem a little distraught. If you aren't able to access those feelings within yourself, it's going to make it a lot more challenging to have empathy and access those feelings in another person. And we all want that. We all want to be able to be there for a loved one, our partner, our children. But first, you have got to show up for yourself. The biggest benefit of showing up for yourself and to yourself is that when things in life change and you're pulled in a million different directions and the way you thought your life was going to go is not the way it's going or the thing you thought you were going to get is not what you have gotten or the person you thought you were going to be around is no longer, being able to access the emotions and how you feel about those situations, writing them down, giving them parameters so they don't affect and and seep out into every aspect of your life. That is true healing. And I can speak to that. I can say that because I've done it myself, because I've taken the time to write down how I'm feeling after going through hard, challenging times or exceptional loss and being able to understand what I'm feeling and how that impacts my values, why I'm feeling it so strongly allows me to be present in the moment and in that feeling. And the next time when I experience a loss, disappointment, sadness, and anger, I'm able to place it in the same place that I placed it before. I hope that makes sense. But I am all about establishing patterns and every bad experience I've ever had is not a bad experience. It's it's a puzzle. I think I got that from Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones, I think he said that. There are no problems. There are just puzzles. And that's the way I like to look at things. So much to be blessed for, so much to be happy about, so much to be thankful for. I don't like to lose sight of that when I'm going through something horrible, something tragic. It's important that I'm able to see and feel and understand exactly what I am feeling in that moment, write it down, put parameters on that so I don't become sadness, so I don't become grief, so I don't become anger. I might feel those things. I notice I'm feeling those things, but I'm still able to hold my values true to who I am and be able to act and represent those values while still being sad, angry, lonely, whatever it may be. 
And it's not easy. It's hard. It's really fucking hard. I made, I wanted to make this episode because I want a reminder. I want to challenge myself to get this out in the air and to talk about it because it's really hard. It's even harder to do it when you're in the moment, to show up for yourself, to allow yourself to feel things. And there's no getting out of it. You know, the only people, this is a, my favorite line of, of Dr. Susan David, but the only people who don't have to deal with stress and anxiety and worry and loss are dead people. That's it. Everyone else is trying to navigate this. Everyone else is trying to understand this, use it to their advantage, live their best life. When I made the commitment to choose myself, to make sure that I'm doing things that are congruent with the values that I have, the goals and the dreams and the person that I want to be in the world, I was forced to figure out where these emotions were coming from, why I was feeling stressed, why I was so upset that I hadn't found a job that allowed me to pursue these goals. That was a big one for my job loss. Once I realized that nobody wanted to have me at their company, and yet here I was struggling with the value and the the meaning and the hope and the help and the love that I wanted to share with the world, and I felt like my one access point to that was being cut off. Until, of course, I did some deep thinking and some work and a lot of YouTube videos and a lot of reading and a lot of podcasts that I was able to figure out exactly how my values, my life's work, my goals can still be produced and still be put out into the world without a portal through, you know, a Fortune 500 company. Lucky me. Lucky me. Lucky me that I lost my job. Lucky me that I lost everything because it forced me to access the emotions, to understand what I was feeling and to figure out what truly, truly, truly made me happy and then to go after those things. So they had nothing else to go after. Nobody else was calling me. I wasn't getting any texts or emails or anything like that. I had to figure this out for myself. I don't wish that on anyone, that process. It was ugly and hard, but what I got out of it was huge and amazing. And I wish for everyone in the world to have that sort of experience, to be able to truly access, work for, work toward, understand what your values are and work toward them daily so that you are more easily able to access the emotions that you are feeling. Because when you have established what your values are, what kind of person you want to be, it's a lot easier to understand why the emotions that you're having are really resonating with you and why they're impacting you the way that they are. You can put parameters around them and then look at it and say, who do I want to be in this situation? I'm feeling angry right now, but my values are, I want to have a great message to spread with the world. I want to be able to help people. I want to be able to give advice. I want to share my story so that other people can be inspired and have the information the way that I was inspired and had the information from others who came before me. I have an example of this, and I think that it's kind of silly, but this is the way I've always thought about it. But I've long been interested in celebrities and the really, really big celebrities are the ones that interest me so much because they have such exposure. They can't leave the house without being photographed. They always have to be on. And there are a lot of people in the world that are not celebrities and feel that they always have to be on, but not everybody is on the way a celebrity, like a, a big, big celebrity is on all the time. The ones who do it well the ones who seem really grounded to me, the ones who are consistently representing their values are people like Will Smith, Oprah. You know, no matter where they go, no matter who they're with, they're always representing their values. And I challenge myself to do the same, you know, no matter if I'm at the grocery store, if I'm at the gas station, or if I'm at home, if I'm looking online, if I'm with my boyfriend. And I want to make sure that I'm always representing myself. And it's easy to imagine how they must do it because cameras are all around. You know, so what if, put yourself in, in that position, what if somebody was film, filming you, taking photos of you 24 hours a day? Would you be representing what your values truly are? Would that be okay with you? 
Would you feel like you are truly yourself at all times and being able to leave all the emotion aside and always represent your values and understand you might be feeling something, but you know who you want to be in that moment because you know what you value as a person. And I can say that for me, if somebody was following me around all the time, I wouldn't live up to this to this goal that I have myself of always being myself and always showing what I value and always being the person that I want to be despite the feelings that I'm having. It's very challenging. But I think, I think, I know that if we work together to understand this and we're more empathic and inquisitive of other people's feelings, take them into account, share our experiences and our feelings, then we might just be able to help each other. How about that? You know, my, my intent is to just make sense of all of this. You know, like, what is life? How can we do it better, best, make enough money, make enough friends, love enough people, have enough sex, have enough joy, sunshine, and so on? That's my intention. I hope that you guys enjoy the show. And I hope that you enjoy it so much that you subscribe to let me know that you do indeed enjoy it. That's one of the ways that I know that I'm doing the right thing for you or the number of subscribers that I get, number of downloads on iTunes and SoundCloud. So if you would please subscribe, share with a friend, leave me a rating. They have these stars there. You can give me five. It would be awesome. I'll be back again with some more good stuff so we can do more good for more people most of the time. Show notes are at mytalkingdollars.com. Holla. Love you. Bye. One last thing, I want you guys to live for a really long time and look beautiful while you do it and stay healthy. So you need to be taking collagen, powdered collagen. You can buy it at Whole Foods, collagen. It's in a little tub. I think it's like 16 bucks. It's powder. You put it in water. It doesn't taste like anything. It looks a little bit like questionable urine, but I promise you it tastes nothing like it. My face has never looked better. Wrinkles went away. My skin generally improved. It's collagen that you take inside your body because your whole body needs collagen. You're welcome.